What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to SSPN. This is our first official podcast episode, Jude. We're getting away from our recaps, and we're getting into a little bit of a longer episode here, discussing all things San Antonio mm-hmm. Spurs. I'm, of course, here with my partner in crime, Jude McLaren. Jude, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, man. I slept through the alarm to do this, and then, you know, I had to make you wait a little bit longer. So, you know, I'm just grateful that you haven't ended the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, I would never end the Zoom call, Jude. I would wait for you forever and ever. Uh, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. We're going to break down all things San Antonio Spurs, uh, overall season stuff, what we've seen for the past couple of weeks, and looking forward to next week as well. Uh, but first, we want you guys to get to know us a little bit more as San Antonio Spurs fans. So, Jude, I'm going to ask you, who's your favorite Spurs of all time? Okay, so this is a really tough one because I feel like everybody's everybody's is kind of Timmy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's is kind of Timmy. But I feel like also people have, like, a personal connection with people. Um, you know, they have a player that maybe, like, really encapsulated their view Um it really kind of got them into basketball, I guess. And for me, that player is Manu Ginobili. I remember being five years old. I was living in Mississippi at the time because my dad was in the military. And, of course, you know, his he, his favorite player was Ginobili. So he would tell me, oh, watch this guy. But then the thing about Ginobili is when G- Ginobili would come out of nowhere. So, you know, you'd be watching the game and you'd be like, okay, who is this guy talking about? It doesn't even start. You know, and I'm only like five, so I don't understand it that much. So those are kind of the thoughts that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he can't even be that good. He doesn't even start. Yeah. And, of course, you know, like I said, my five-year-old brain doesn't understand, you know, yeah. what, the, what Manu Ginobili is and how, you know, that whole system operated. And I see him come off the bench and do just crazy stuff like Manu is the type of player who would make you like he would like get your blood pressure up you know he would like make you like hold your breath like oh my god what are you doing Mm -hmm. and then he would just make the most amazing play and sometimes you would be like oh my god what are you doing and then you he would make you know it would be a turnover or something so I think just the way that Manu like captivated your attention in a game you know what I'm saying like because Mm -hmm. and I think him coming off the bench added to that so the way that he captivated my attention um and really kind of as as a little kid you know made me really fall in love with basketball um that he's he's my favorite spur of all time but you know and every at at the same time it's kind of like Timmy's you know like on the on he's on the throne above everybody else so, yeah. you know, you, you got to give a shout out to Timmy. But my personal prob- favorite spur of all time is Manu, just because um, he made me really keep coming back and watching as a little kid. So, Understandably so. Manu Ginobili was that spark off the bench that we are so desperately missing currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I had to pick a favorite for myself, excluding the big three and David Robinson, mm-hmm. I might have to go with Boris Diaw. Uh, okay because i i watched the spurs before 2013 like like on and off but i consistently watched them starting in 2013 and boris diaw uh i mean he how he plays the game is how i tried to play when i play pickup basketball (laughs) like he influenced like my style of play if you can even call it that because i'm so Mm -hmm. you know unathletic and short um but you know pump fakes passing the ball 
giving up the rock. He epitomized what it was like to be Getting, a Spurs do, player. Do you get people in the post, Ethan? I try. I try you, to. You, you give them. You give them that Boris Diaw post. That work. elbow high high post. Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah. And I try and make plays like you, you don't even. You just go there so you can pass. You don't even go there to basically to do a post move. Basically, <laughs> those are my two favorite guys: is is Boris Diaw, and he's not a Spurs player, but Chris Weber, and they both kind of mm-hmm. had that same style of you know dishing the rock. I got you. And um, yeah, I mean, he he epitomizes what it is to be a San Antonio Spur unselfish facts you know consistent and he was a difference maker Champion. in 2014 yeah in 2014 when we inserted him into the starting lineup against the heat um yeah he believed he played the four we moved timmy to the five yeah you know that allowed mm. us to combat small ball lineup of the miami heat and so i just realized that was kind of our first like small ball lineup mm-hmm. i know now like we're really in small ball and then we kind of went back to it with like Lamarcus and whoever was playing center there for a while. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, we had Lamarcus and Yaka, but even before then, there was like Dwayne Deadman or something. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, Dwayne Deadman. Aaron, we had Aaron Baines for a little bit. Yeah. Before he yeah. was like respectable, yeah. we had Boban yeah. for like a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then so in that series, because because Boris could hit threes, mm-hmm. so that was really our first time kind of going to that sort of lineup. Yeah. So. You know what's funny? My dad hates Boris Dio to this day. Really? Yes, he hates him. Why? Because my dad is like, he can't dribble and move at the same time. And I kind of, he's a little bit clumsy, but I, I still, I think he was I extremely he skilled. I, he, he, yes, he's he was a great passer. Skilled. I don't know, who yeah. was it that said he was the most skilled player he'd ever played with? I think it was Steven Jackson. Um, really? He, yeah, he, see, he says that Boris Dio is the most skilled player, not athletic, or maybe not as talented as some other guys, but most like solidified in his fundamentals is Boris Dio. Wow. Yeah. Love Boris Dio. And uh, Jude, who is your favorite Spurs player currently on the team? Keldon Johnson. Um, it was DeJounte for a very long time. Um, even when Derek went for 36, I love Derek to death too. Mm. Um, it was DeJounte. Um, but... Yeah, now it's Keldon Johnson because for the longest time, all the Spurs have needed is somebody who can dunk on people mm-hmm. and scream and one. And that is exactly what Keldon Johnson does. Yeah, I was surprised when we drafted him, I believe it, at 29th overall. He was the SEC Freshman of the Year. Okay, yeah. now I have to interrupt you. I'm no, sorry. go for it. Because I've, I've just listened to like podcasts or not even podcasts, but just doing research on Keldon and like listening about that whole situation and like listening to broadcasters or whatever. And apparently like the Spurs were calling everybody and they were just like, is there anything wrong with this kid? Like, why is he falling to 29? Mm -hmm. And like, they even talked to like other NBA teams that like passed on him, and they were just like, no, we didn't have a problem with him. We just felt that the other player like fit our system more. Like, you know, they were more in that situation than mm-hmm. where they were just drafting best player available. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and all these other, you know, like John Calipari and all these other people. Oh, I this is what it was. I somehow saw like an interview with John Calipari, Kentucky's head coach. And he was like, yeah, nobody really had an issue with him. He just happened to fall to the Spurs. Like everybody loved him. They just picked another player that fit their team more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all these other coaches, nobody had an issue with him. So it's, it's kind of like DeJounte. Well, DeJounte had issues. DeJounte was a literal gang member. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I don't, I don't mean that as like, look, when you grow up the way he grew up, I might've, you know, I might've done the same thing. Yeah. Who knows, you know, but like that was, it, it, we've had three blessings at the, at the 29th pick. Yeah. Um, and really? personally, I think those are our three best players, um, ceiling wise right now. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, just what a the fact that he fell to us as an SEC freshman of the year. He's like mm-hmm. the only like SEC freshman of the year in the past millennia to not go in the lottery. To name a few other SEC freshman of the year, to Marcus Cousins, John Wall, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, list goes on and on. I mean, it's one thing that he dropped all the way to 29, but when's the last time the Spurs have drafted somebody that it hasn't... Okay, well, they usually draft international players, for one. Mm-hmm. And then if they do draft... They picked Luka Samanic ahead of him, yeah, exactly. by the way. And if, and if they do draft a college player from America, nine out of ten times it's going to be from like a smaller school or someone that we've never really heard of. But we got someone from Kentucky, and Keldon John. I knew that name. I, I was surprised he was still available, yeah. and I, I mm-hmm. rarely know the name of the player we draft. I knew the name too. Yeah, I was like Keldon like, Johnson. In the, the reason I knew the name is because if you play like two K my league, which I know you do, yes, Ethan, he's always and up you there. Do, he was always like a top like mm-hmm. lottery pick, and like you know, because there are some people out there who create draft yeah. classes years in advance, and we we're those type of guys yeah, to play are. franchises years deep, and. <laughs> I've actually drafted Kelvin Johnson on the Spurs before, but granted that was at like pick like 13 or something, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't 29. So yeah, I, I knew who he was too, which was wild. Yeah. But as, as far as my favorite player currently, I mean, obviously I love Kelvin Johnson for what all that you said, he brings energy and, and um, potential to the team that we've been sorely lacking, but just to pick somebody different, Drew Eubanks. I know you know that, but I love Drew Eubanks to death. And you can criticize, you know, he I had got, a nice layup. The, it, I mean, he he has some ups, man. Dude, that I did not know about. I'm telling you, this kid has a crazy low post game. People are going to criticize me for saying that because I know he's clumsy. I know he can be a little bit too aggressive. He legitimately goes for every single block, like. You know, smart or not, like he'll go for that block every time. And if he gets the ball anywhere close to the rim, he's going to try and slam it down. And mm-hmm. I mean, that sometimes that makes it look really bad because he'll completely miss or it'll look just, you know, gross. But he's got some game and he's got some low post games, some old style, you know, baby hooks, sky hooks. I mean, he's got some stuff down there. I wish we would give him a little bit more opportunity, but I just love his energy on both sides of the ball. I, I, I wish he would get more playing time. I love the way he runs the floor. Mm-hmm. I love his athleticism. Yes, he makes mistakes, but how, I mean, he's still like 24 max. Like, I don't even, he may not even be that old. Let me, let me see this. Undrafted but, at Oregon State. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw at Oregon State this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's 24. I mean, this dude's, this dude's 24. So, and just turned 24 yeah. also. So like another very young player. Um, the other thing that I love about Drew like he'll go for posters, mm-hmm. he'll go for big time plays. That's something that the Spurs have needed off the bench for a long time. And when when you get postered by Drew Eubanks and he's like screaming, yeah, it's it's kind of very demoralizing for the other team because you're like, I just got dunked on by this dude named Drew Eubanks, yeah. who's super <laughs> pale, like, and so so that's also a momentum builder for the team. And I was gonna say something else about him, but I forget. But but I, I really like him as a player too. I'm glad that pop the one thing for all the criticism we may give pop later in this show he he found a diamond in the rough there he played on a two-way contract Mm -hmm. for you know however many years stuck around earned his contract here 
and I'm I'm really glad we have him. He dominated the G League. I know that's the G League lesser competition, but if you I mean, but so did so did Kelton. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you go like, look up his stats, I mean, he was like so our number Dijon one Tain option, Barry. and he was just murdering people, and he murdered. <laughs> was it Thanasis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm, in the bubble? In the bubble. He just I don't know how that he was. He murdered somebody foul. else this year too. Yeah, not literally. He's, yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's got some he's got some good <laughs> highlights in there, uh, yeah. for sure. And imagine if you put his motor in Jakob Purple. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That would be um. I, I mean, I wish they could do like fusion from Dragon Ball Z and become one, because that would be speaking crazy. of speaking of our two players. Uh, now I'm already thinking, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. We need to. I need to see a Drew Eubanks, Keldon Johnson front court. I know you're not. I know that you don't want to play Keldon at the four, but hey, look, maybe we're playing the Rockets or something, or a team that runs small ball where mm-hmm. it'll work. And let's run a Drew Eubanks, Keldon Johnson front court with like Lonnie yep. Dejounte and Derek. Ooh, when they're in the lineup yeah. together, they've they've done it a couple times with with Drew and um, Keldon. The energy just skyrockets, exactly. and they're running exactly. so fast down the court. Mm-hmm. And when we could play up tempo, when we play. And you saw best. the other three people I put in that lineup yeah. too. Oh yeah, Dejounte, Derek, run. and Lonnie. Yeah. That's an athletic team. That's a very athletic team. Uh, moving on to our next question for you, Jude. Who's been the MVP of the team thus far? So, you know, I'd want to go with you know somebody i i honestly i kind of want to go with keldon but in just all objectivity it's 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 demar i mean i don't know yeah. that's just my opinion like he's just consistently i mean i know these past 2 weeks maybe not but for the season overall he's really changed up his pr- play style he's let you know there i remember the charlotte game before the whole rona thing when Derek and DeJounte both dropped 25 and 26, he had eight points and eight assists, went three for five shooting, and just let the game come to him. There's And, and in that game, deep when we needed him, he hit, he hit a shot, you know, like mm-hmm. late, whenever we needed him to hit a shot. And even before then, um, he, had, he had hit some shots uh, to win the game whenever he had, like, 30. So I just think that with the way that he's been playing this year, the way he's adjusted his play style. I know the, the past two weeks haven't gone well for him, but the past two weeks haven't gone well for really anybody on the roster. Um, so I'm going to go with the, with DeMar. That's a smart choice. I mean, DeMar's averaging 21, four and seven, um, and a steal a game, a very efficient shooter. He's really improved from the free throw line this season. Um, if you take him off the team, I could definitely see us not even being in playoff contention in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's been a rough couple of weeks for him, though. So I don't know if you could tell, but his body language, I feel like, has been off a little mm-hmm. bit. He's getting a little bit frustrated. We can talk about that too. I want to talk yeah. about I want to talk about him and Rudy and the veterans' body language here in a second. Okay, yeah, for sure. We can just do it right now if you want to. Okay, I know we have a schedule, but no, I know it's fresh. Let's go is, for it. This is what this is for because we wanted to talk about that in the last episode, mm-hmm. and we didn't really have a chance. So. Here, I'll let you go ahead since I brought it up. Yeah, we were just talking after we ended the recap for the Nuggets and, and Spurs game at, uh, Wednesday, I believe, and we both felt like Damar and Rudy um, and Patty even a little bit to an extent, their body language has been off the last couple of weeks uh, as we've continued to lose games and kind of let leads go late in like the third quarter and fourth quarter and stuff like that. And they just seem very frustrated with how the team's been playing. Um 
and I mean, in all honesty, this could just be something like refereeing or maybe Pop called a play they didn't agree with, but something's definitely off. And I don't know how we can fix it necessarily, but it, it could be that they really just don't want to be in San Antonio anymore. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. I think it could be the case, like you said. And I think we even that that it could very well be the case. But I guess the way that I would kind of think about it right now is is similar to what you said. But just in the fact that these dudes like when when we were winning games, this this wasn't happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now that things have gone downhill, there's this kind of frustration. And I think the difference with this little stretch is that it's kind of been the same from game to game. Like you said, this has continued because I remember whenever I forget when it was, we got blown out by somebody. And then the very next game, we came out and played pissed off. And it was against it was against the Bulls. It was against the Bulls with Vucevic. I don't know who we got blown Philly, out by I the think. game. Philly. Okay, yeah. We got blown out by Philly the game before mm-hmm. and we came out pissed off. Yeah. Like that was the best way that I could describe it. And and we were just smacking them, right? And obviously it was their first game together, so it was a good game to take advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when like when you add a player like Vuce, yes, it's a lot of talent, but also they didn't have a post big like that. So they're kind of adjusting their offense. But kind of since this last stretch of games, it was like there was a game, I don't know when it was, but when we went on the losing streak, it was like the first game after or something. Like, we came out and kind of looks like that. And then we just got, we gave up the lead. We didn't keep the lead. We got smacked up. And then it just went away. And it hasn't come back ever since. And that's what's a little bit concerning. Like you said, if these dudes, you know, like, it, the, the fight isn't coming back. And I think a lot of that might have to do with that every vet on this roster, every vet is on a, that they're on an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. So like, and, and I guarantee you, and we haven't really had a chance to get in depth on this, but my prediction for this off season is that all the vets leave everybody gone. Maybe Patty, maybe Patty stays. I would be very surprised if any of them stay though. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised because Patty can go get more money on a contender. Um, DeMar can go get, I, I don't think that we're going to give him what he wants. He just wants a max contract somewhere. He can go to Sacramento and get that or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or God forbid, maybe even go back to Toronto. I would actually, if he went back to Toronto, I would actually be really happy for him. I would be really happy for him anywhere he went. He was in a crappy situation and he he did what he could for us. Um, and, Rudy, I think Rudy's given it, you know, all he's given it his go because Rudy came here when Kawhi was still here, dude. Like, you got to think about that. He thought he was going to be a six man with Kawhi Mm -hmm. and LaMarcus and 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 DeJounte. Manu was still here. Yes, exactly. Like, I think maybe Tony was still on the roster at that point. I think so. I think so. But it, it was just very different situation and like I know we're talking about these guys and we're kind of like I'm not even trying to like criticize their body language to be honest because they're in a tough situation Mm -hmm. like the Spurs I think this year have finally just realized that like okay we got to move into this new style of basketball you know we are uh, who did we just give contracts to in the past two years we gave a four-year 
$64 million deal to DeJounte Murray, and then we gave a four-year $72 million deal to Derek White. Those are the two dudes who, if you're giving them that type of money, and I know it's still, like in our opinion, that's kind of like a steal for them, those are your leaders. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this past stretch of games, it's like, I think it's just getting frustrating. I mean, I think it's frustrating losing in general, but the way that the body language hasn't changed, how it's consistently been the same, and I get that it is frustrating, but that's what concerns me to make me think that they're like, eh, we're on our way out anyway. Yeah. And I brought up the instance, uh, there was an example of the body language for people that think we maybe we don't have evidence of this, but there's a, a specific part where DeMar got stripped from the ball, and I think he maybe thought he should have been fouled, but there was a fast break, and instead of getting back on D or you know at least jogging down the court, he like lifted his hands up and dropped his head down like that and just stood on their side of the court while there was a four-on-five fast break the other way, and the Nuggets got an easy layup. And, it, and it's just, that's not the Spurs' way. You know, you run back, you know, and get on D. And I, I don't necessarily blame him because these losses aren't entirely on him. Mm-mm. And this brings us into our next topic, which is how would you, Jude, adjust the lineups? Because we both agree that a big part of the issue has been Pop's decisions with the rotations. So keep the bench with the bench and keep the starters with the starters. Or just keep the young guys with the young guys and keep the old dudes with the old dudes. Mm. Like, if any starter is going to play with Rudy Gay and Patty Mills, that needs to be DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion. That's the only person, but I mean... And I, I guess we look at the rest of the roster, and there are still two spots in that lineup that you need to fill. But here's what I do: is maybe just if I, I don't mind leaving Tamar in when the the rest of the starting lineup goes out. Mm-hmm. But okay, so if you're gonna go vets, you can go. Well, I can't think of a two guard now because Lonnie's hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, a Devin, but, I think is Devin is where we. Yeah. Would. Okay, so I'm fine with this off the bench: Patty Mills, Devin Vassell. DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, and Gorgie Jang. Because then at least, you know, Devin can be a floor spacer for those guys and play good defense. Mm -hmm. So that's what I feel like if you're going to leave DeMar in, which they usually do in the first quarter, um, that's what I feel like the lineup should be off the bench. And then maybe, you know, eventually you take him out. And honestly, at this point, you know what I would do when you take him out? I would throw in Lucas Samanich. That's who I would throw in as your, right now, as your main... Like, obviously, usually it would be probably throw in, you know, Lonnie. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it was in the past. And so you'd have Lonnie, Devin, Rudy as kind of your three guards and forwards there in the middle. Um, and I do want to play Drew Eubanks, but like I'm saying, I'd rather play Drew Eubanks with the young guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right now, and, and it, Gorgie's hurt, so you'd have to play Eubanks with that lineup. But that's fine with me, like whatever. But just mainly play, like, if the offense is going to run through the vets – play them together like don't don't play them with with I mean maybe like Derek can play off ball but really and and DeJounte can hit a couple wide open threes but like those dudes are creators yeah like they're creators off screens and I don't know they shouldn't be they shouldn't be sitting in the corner I mean maybe Derek should on some because he's a great shooter but even him, I feel like his full value and he's at his best when he's moving and cutting Mm -hmm. and and with the ball and the pick and roll so, 
I could go on and on about that, but I that that's my main thing. Like your starting lineup, keep those like play those guys together. Like I said in the last episode, Keldon Johnson, Dejounte Murray, uh, and and Derek White, and even you know and Yaka Pertle. Like or even if you want to throw Eubanks in with them, cool. But like make sure it's the young guys. Yeah. Like, don't and like the only older guy that I want to really throw in a lineup with them is Demar, and that's because we've seen proven success with him in there. I don't want to see Rudy. I don't want to see Rudy Gay or Patty Mills on the court with DeJounte Murray or Derek White or Keldon Johnson at any point. I just don't. I agree with everything that you say, but I will make one one change. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, I agree with the part where you said, take everybody out except DeMar and then bring Patty and Devin and Rudy in with DeMar, DeRozan, and I guess Gordy Zhang or Drew Eubanks. Um, mm-hmm. But when you do that, okay, Patty has been off from deep. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we thought, oh, my God, six man of the year. He's hitting everything like crazy. He's playing unbelievably well. And I understand that when he's hitting, Patty's a great offensive weapon. Let the offense maybe run through him off the bench. But right now, he's been very, very bad. And you can just look at his plus minus and his numbers. Yeah. They've, they've declined significantly. And Rudy Gay, I used to love him, and I still love him, but he's not a spot-up shooter. So... Mm-hmm. If you want to give Rudy the ball, you have to make him get in the low post because he's he's got that old man game. In the low post, I think he can be more effective than in the mid-range post because in the mid-range post, he's kind of – now we've lost our spacing and he's a ball-dominant player. He's not going to kick it out. He's going to just shoot it away. You don't think away. he can play off ball anymore? I think he can, but I don't think that's where he's most effective. So in my opinion, the bench unit, when, when DeMar is in there – the entire offense needs to run through DeMar, and Patty needs to be relegated back to where he used to be, which is basically an off-ball spot-up shooter. Mm-hmm. So maybe you give him a couple back screens and he runs to a corner. That's where Patty is. He's waiting for you know, the double to come on DeMar, and they kick it out to Patty. He makes a three. And if his numbers start to increase, maybe we bring it back where we run through the bench through him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the bench unit needs to run through DeMar DeRozan. I agree because the starting unit needs to run through DeJounte Murray and Derek White. And so I think DeMar will be most effective when he's going up against the bench unit defenders. Because now he can take over and play how DeMar DeRozan wants to play, which is a lot of iso ball, a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of mid-range jumpers. Feel free to do that. We need the bench scoring, DeMar. Go crazy. But like you said, the starting unit with all of our young guys needs to be a lot more movement and DeMar is not a guy you can just sit in the corner because he's not going to make that three-point shot more than likely. Or he's going to hesitate, take a couple steps inside, and miss a mid-range jumper or something. But mm-hmm. that is what I think the adjustment needs to be, just taking the ball out of Rudy and Patty's hands, putting it in DeMar's, and letting them play in the corner for Patty and in the low post for Rudy. Mm-hmm. I'm down with and And look, I, I like the idea... Uh, of Rudy in the low post, but I also like the idea of him playing off ball sometimes too, because I've seen him catch and shoot and make shots. Like I've seen him do mm-hmm. that. I know he can do that. So, but I, but I also, I don't mind like, you know, cause it can't be just a DeMar DeRozan pick and roll every time on the bench. Like yeah. it just can't be. So I don't mind getting the ball to Rudy in the low post because I know that he can, he can make something happen there as well. Um, we need another source of offense on the bench. So I agree with all that. It's and, and look, they're playing bad right now. Um, so like, I'm not expecting that lineup to really go crazy or anything. 
but I just don't want their struggles to rub off on the young guys. Like if they're going to suck, let them suck together. So, and all of this could change significantly. If for some reason, Mm -hmm. Lonnie Walker has been the key all season. Yes. And he comes back and everything is just amazing. Fix. He fixes. It it is just fixed. I mean, who knows? Maybe. I mean, he's definitely a weapon. I didn't know if he was that significant of a weapon, but yeah, maybe we'll have maybe to we're see. just missing that chemistry, and he's the yeah. he's the fix. So take all this with a grain of salt. Uh, let's move on to our next question, Jude. Who's been the biggest disappointment this season? That's an interesting question. I feel like a lot of people would say Derek White, but I feel like this year he's just had, he's just been, there were the injuries, then there was COVID. Mm -hmm. And I also think that one of the other things we're learning is when is Derek really like shined? The playoffs Playoffs. in the bubble. Yeah. So I think also think that Derek is just, whenever it comes to like those games, I just think that he's a different player. Um, I kind of like Jamal Murray, you know, that type of, so I think that once the playoffs come or even the play in tournament, all Derek's struggles are just going to kind of disappear in my opinion. Cause I know what he can do. Um, and then I also think the lineups haven't helped either. DeJounte's having a great year. Keldon's having a great year. Devin's having a great year. Hmm. I'll tell you who my disappointment is. Don't tell me it's Lucas Ominich. No, it's not Lucas Ominich. <laughs> I was going to say, give him more time. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from Luca. I figured he wasn't going to get that many minutes anyway. Rudy? No, not even Rudy. This might surprise you, actually. But Trey Lyles. Okay, yeah. No, that's a good That's a good pick. I'm with that pick, too. Because at the end of last season, he looked like he was going to be bro. good. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. He was he was playing phenomenal, mm-hmm. and then and then we tried to trade him. That's what I was trying to. Yeah, say. we tried to trade him. Oh, <laughs> and he's he's not going to get any more minutes for the rest yep. of the season. But yeah. yeah, I thought he was going to be our power forward, like starting power forward, consistently at the end of last season. Yeah, he's twenty five. Yeah, and he's six ten, and he's got size, and he was rebounding well. He was shooting very well, and then the start of the season, he just was not doing any of those airballing. Yeah, it was horrible. I don't know what happened to him. I guess yeah. it was confidence, maybe, or mm-hmm. I, I, I have no idea. But very disappointing because he might, if he was playing as well as we thought he could play, this season might be totally different. Yep. You know. Yep. But unfortunately, he just hasn't lived up to the expectations. All right, Ethan, we're gonna have to put cut the podcast short because I gotta go to the restroom so bad. <laughs> So no, we're gonna have to edit it, bro. I tried to hold it, but we're at thirty minutes on the timer anyway, so yeah. it's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, let me do an outro real quick, and then we'll yes. just call it. All right. Thank you guys so TMI. much for watching. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, y'all. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching SSPN, our first podcast. It's about thirty minutes. Hopefully, you got some entertainment out of this and some information as well. Make sure you drop a like and a comment and subscribe. We want as much information from you guys as possible, what we could do better, what you'd like us to do instead, perhaps. Uh, We won't be covering tonight's game or this weekend, however, but we'll be back Monday, I believe, is the next game we'll cover against the Mm. Magic. Uh, We'll be there for a recap after that game as well, so please stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Ethan Quintero. That's Jude McLaren. See y'all. See y'all. Go Spurs go.